Parker. Yeah. What should be done with the lot that is currently Cafe Portofino's? That lot. Oh. Because see. the building's being demolished. That oh. permit, that process is already being worked on by I didn't last that. I heard, the town government had basically greenlit it because I think there's like some environmental impacts because there's that stream that goes under yeah. the building, which is yeah. hilarious yeah. if you think about it. Yeah, that is not a good place to <laughs> So have not only are they demolishing the building, but they're also gonna do some work on the stream to okay. for like sediment and flow, whatever. Yeah. So yes. The That's as of now, out. the building's being Level. bulldozed so it's going to be a free pallet Pretty good because that's a freaking eyesore of a building it is pretty ugly. i've always said this and i'm not sure if i've ever said it on the podcast but portofino's is painted for some reason the same color of like a, a prosthetic like ear like a hearing aid <laughs> it's the same color as a hearing aid i don't know why that color of brown is ever yeah. used on anything so you think it should turn into another one business? Should it turn into maybe a little strip of three or four little small retail spots or something? What do you think? I mean, I think the obvious choice in my brain and in everybody else's brain is an expansion of Jimmy Smith Park. Mm, Jimmy Smith South or North. Make it the Jimmy Smith Complex. Wow. So two um, Jimmy Smith Parks and one River Street Park. Yes. The Bermuda Triangle of parks. <laughs> yes, create a Bermuda Triangle <laughs> park. Of small um, parks. I don't know, because it's going to be interesting to, like, I don't know who technically owns that. Does the town now own it? Did, like, Portos um, lease it from the town of Boone? I don't know. Because I guess that... Oh, it's been there long enough. I feel like they would have owned it by now. Yeah, but I could also see it where they leased from the town because it's, like, a historical building in town. You think... Is that building historical? It was the train station. Portos was a train station? Yes. Wait, I thought Beasley was the train station. I think it all was part parts of it. Oh. I don't know if like that building is old. Old. Well, I, I know. I know. That each every floorboard you walk on is like, like a different geological dun, dun, dun. era. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um it's like a sedimentary rock where you can well, see. Let me throw this at you. Okay. Because there's been a little talk here and there, a little hubbub, a little yeah. hoopla. Lilies. This is where I've I've received insider information oh. that Portos attempted to sell, I guess their lease, their spot, their whatever. They attempted to sell it to Lily's two years ago, and the the Lily's Cardinal team, right? And Lily's Cardinal turned it down. Mm-hmm. It was like right as Lily's was starting to open, like they turned it down then. So now it's kind of one of those Lily's. I think is in the perfect spot. The only problem Lily's has is that is a small building yeah. that they're currently in. I, I don't think it's necessarily enough space for... for as popular as it's gotten. Yes. And the reason it got popular is because it has a very niche crowd. It's not trying to appeal to everyone. No. It's just trying to appeal really, really well to a specific crowd of like weird-ass people, like DIY bands, but, emo kids. But like, Boone is a, killing it. There's a lot of people that identify yes. with DIY, emo yeah. kid. Like, and that's, that's why Lily's is killing it. They said, this is our market, yeah. and we're going to market... To this market? No, they're not it's just some college bar. Yeah. So I think Lily's would do better in an expanded space. Hey, I like I, I believe that. But does that spot, depending on what gets built there, what gets put up there, does that does that benefit them? Mm. Does that benefit them? That's a toughie. Because there is some charm that comes with being in a small area. Like yes, that. that's where like Lily's is like so because it, because it's so small and it's so jam packed full of memorabilia and merch right. and 
random arcade cabinets and shuffleboard. Like it's it's a cool little like cranny to be in. And it kind of creates a little forced scarcity. You know, yes. only so many people yes. can be there. So on a on a pop in Friday, Saturday night, you know, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a line out the door and then that's gonna make it look cool. Like, whoa, look at the line. Well, and I guess like it is small, but I've never been in Lily's and been like, I'm gonna leave because it's too small. Yeah. And like their bar, like, yeah, there's normally like a line to get a drink or whatever, like on a night, but it never takes you more than like two, three minutes to get a drink. Yeah. Like their their bartenders are they're top tier. Yeah. Oh, they're great. When yeah. they go, when they hire, they say like we're hiring for people with experience for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think my preferred for what would happen in Portos, I think redevelop it. I, I think it'd be better if there were multiple businesses involved mm-hmm. instead of just one property. What I could see happening is some little apartment complex thing going up. Because well, hey, something I just thought of. There were apartments above portals. What there were, to those there were. But I wonder if then you have to re- try to rezone that area. Because if it's a zone for like restaurant right. retail space, well, it's already got to be zoned for residential to an extent. Yeah, I don't there know. Were apartments how that, above no. portals that had no AC or washer. Yes, they didn't. <laughs> um, so uh, if you are a zoning expert and you want to mm. write, write to us at um, yeah at the Gold Room Pod, if you have zoning experience, yes, if please. it was a restaurant space but it had apartments upstairs, does it have to be rezoned to be fully residential? Yes or no? No context, please. I please. will not read mm-hmm. all of that. Yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why or in? Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool. Like if it if it became an area where a local business could be. I don't. I would not like it for it to be an apartment complex. I would not like for a chain to move in there. Yeah. That's kind of a nice little corner where there's really not a chain. You get some little boutiques street. in there. Yeah. A little something. Little shops. Yeah. Maybe a little smaller restaurant, like maybe a to-go only. A microbrew. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Boonsh- so, like a small boonshine that's like drinks only. Just like the, the one that's going in uh, next to the College of Ed building. Yeah, like that little yeah, it's like a little tap house. Yeah, where there. the farmers market used to be. I think that'd be that'd do really well over there. Like if you have a wait at the local, like go mm-hmm. walk over, grab a drink yeah. real fast. So on this edition of our sports podcast, we're <laughs> gonna be talking about at basketball's last two games, the win against Southern and the loss against Georgia State. And we're also gonna be talking about the Yosef Club, the changes they made to season ticket pricing, membership, yada yada yada. Um so yeah, so Let's, let's, let's do get, it. Let's get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. You're in the gold room. Presented by Will Strickland and Parker Stone. All right, welcome back to another thrilling installment of the Gold Room Podcast. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. Oh, wait. I can wait. I can do his sound. What is yeah, like wow. 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 Yes. <laughs> wow. All right, so for all the the big PlayStation 1 fans out there listening, uh that one was Oh my god. Welcome back to this your silly silly sports yes, podcast. Yes, thank you. Um, wow. We'll start off today talking about basketball's last two games. Um, yes, sir. Good win against Georgia Southern. Um, we yeah. let them come back a little bit. But. Closest, closer than it should have been, but it's a rival. So, you know, I'm not too caught up on that. No. That's how it works. Jake Paul was, was in effect. 
being Jake yeah, Paul, being all dramatic and everything. Yeah. It's his last year here, unless he gets another four-year degree or something. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the last we're seeing of Jake Paul. I think. May he he may have three COVID years. Who knows? I, we all do. Yeah. Um, I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just a game where we did. We took care of business, did what we needed to do. Yeah. Um, it's a game we should have won, and we won. The game ended hilariously. Remember? We had it inbound. There were like two seconds left. And Justin threw it off the dude's ass. Yes. <laughs> the Southern defender <laughs> yes. was turned around. He threw it off his cheeks and then took it, and the game, game ended. over. That was hilarious. I love those plays. Yeah. That was a great game. Georgia Southern's coach was like, you know, every, every coach steps on the court during the game. It's what coaches do. And then that's, of course, what you target yeah, when you're you in the yell season. At him for it's doing fun. It. This dude was, like, at the half-court line. When we were talking, he's on the court. I mean, my man was open for a pass. <laughs> He was on the court. See, like being as up as we were, and if there was a coach that was doing that, I like as a player would have thrown a ball to the coach just to go to the ref and be like, "He's on the court." Like, how would that be officiated? Would that be a tech if the if, if the coach is on the court and the ball caught. hit him? I don't know how that works. Or is he like the ref, where the ref is just part of the court? Like you play on. If yeah, it, you if it play. Hits like it'd be a tech if he caught it. I think think it's it, <laughs> if he caught it or something i think maybe it's a jump ball like camello pulling up for the for the shot yes. <laughs> ball rolls the, yeah i think it would be a i think it would be a like a jump ball in that case we'll to whereas the it. ref like doesn't ever try to catch the ref like jumps out of the way like right. tries to do whatever like to not touch the ball yeah they play dodgeball <laughs> so that was a good game um we got that beautiful poster of of donnie Yes. All right, Justin hits that steal, and shout out Will Allen for getting this this clip in the in the super slow mo. Justin Forrest steals it, no look alley oop. If you watch Will Allen's clip, you can tell Justin Never stares the defender in the eyes, tosses it up, and Donnie bang thunder dunks. Yes, right on, and then puts his nuts on that man's face. <laughs> Nutso. <laughs> My favorite part of that clip is too if you watch it in full speed. Um, and look at Don as he's as he's kind of moving to get set up. He on purpose takes like a like a stutter step. No, like he slows down to match Justin's speed. <laughs> like without looking at him, he knows yeah. like I gotta. So he kind of does like a little jig step and then goes to the hoop. Perfect timing. <laughs> like it's so cool to watch that timing happen yeah. without either communicating, either really looking at the other. Yeah, that that's chemistry. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's major. Chemistry. But honestly, that clip that Will Allen posted, I literally could not stop watching it. I, I watched yes. it a million times yeah. over. Poetry. That was Poetry. incredible. So now I, I tweeted this. Every time Deeper Than Hate comes around for football, we always use that picture of Armani stiff-arming the mm-hmm. dude on Southern, like, knocking his helmet off. Boom. Now we've got this. Every single time I, we play I would basketball. love, like, a widescreen print of... Oh. Of, See, like... Because like, Justin's mid-air yelling when the dunk goes mm-hmm. through. CJ's flexing. Mm-hmm. Mike's yelling. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Yes. That famous that, picture. Yes. That's, a, that's what we need here in, in Gold Room Studios. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need that we we don't have room though we have towels up on the wall to help with the echo we don't have any room to put up i ain't worried about echo if that's in here oh okay we'll have the worst audio in podcast land (laughs) but our our studio will look fantastic we can shuffle things around only for us because no one else can see it so good win against georgia southern we swept them this year coach kearns is now we played them didn't we play them four times last year Something like that. So, and we lost one. Um, I believe we're now. I think Kearns is now five and one. He's five and one against yes. Southern. It's five and one. Oh wait, what about his first season? I forget his first season. He's only lost once. I know that. So okay. It, I think it might be up to six and one or seven and one now. 
Well, shoot, that's a, a real nice accolade to have. He's the eagle killer. <laughs> and then we go in today's game against Georgia State. Uh, I feel like we came out a little flat. Yeah, weird energy to start. Yeah. Um, and so here, let's, let's have the conversation about the refs are so terrible, right? A lot of people use that. Yes. They say that every game. If, there, if there's one... It's an easy crutch. If there's one play that is called in a different manner than than this person, this fictional person believes, then boom, refs are terrible. Mm-hmm. For the whole game, refs are terrible. Mm-hmm. This game, tangibly, was there awful. were calls that swayed the outcome of this game. Yep. And it may have ended up being, you know, the same amount of fouls for each team. It didn't. But it may have. It, it may actually have. Oh, like, I'll, I'll tell you factually it wasn't. I, I, but I think even if the the number of fouls was the same, there were so many incorrect fouls yes. called against us. The worst one was that dude, I think not even the worst one, but the most illustrative one was that dude slipping yes. on a layup. Mike does not Mike touch him. Foul. Right. And he shoots two free throws. Right. And then when Corey Allen throws a ball at Mike's head, head. which is uh, hilarious that he did that. Yes. They spend 10 minutes reviewing it. There's nothing to review. That's where I wonder if the Sunbelt or somebody will review Corey Allen's actions today. Yeah, the way Take he left the, the court was... Uh, something else I hate is when people are like, they have no class. Yeah, I hate that too. Like when, It's sports. There should not be right. class. When the when the Marshall woman put us on the, the, yes. the video of yes. the kids yelling, everyone said... Kirk Herbstreit, no class. Class, class, I think, class, class, class. I think is the most overrated thing it's in so sports. Dumb. It's so boring. But it's also hilarious that people will see one dude at a gas station wearing a App State hoodie that farts, and they go, "No class, those App State fans, no class." <laughs> it's like it's like uh, uh, fans are are a monolith. And yes. what one does, so does this the other. All. <laughs> so these 10 drunk freshmen on the hill yelling at Marshall players, they represent all all 33,000 people that were there that <laughs> night. So when I'm talking about he has no class, they have no class, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Corey Allen showed no class leaving that game today. He ends the game. First of all, that last basket doesn't count. I'm going to email someone. I don't and know who. Try to get it stricken. That sh- the final score should be 56, not 58. All right? We will, we'll follow up on this. Secondly, as soon as the ball goes through, he's yelling at the student section, which, you know, all right. That's what we yeah. do. Student section's yelling at them all game. It's passionate. Big Some win. of my favorite moments of this season are Justin Forrest yelling at student sections. Right. And Justin did yell at Georgia State's. Yes. After that game, Justin did right. turn around and start yelling at him. So it is what it is. That's college. That's I'm not upset about that. That's no. how it goes. No. It just you don't like it because we lost. But if we yes. had won, we'd be all about it. Absolutely. Okay. On his way out, right? So the benches go opposite locker rooms. They have to go the entire length of the court. On the way out, Corey Allen is yelling at our fans and all the other sections, and it looked like at our staff. Yeah, and that's the one where, like, yell at fans all you want. Like, like fans, I think, like, don't deserve any sort of, like, protection from, like, getting yelled at by players, whatever. Like, if you're going to yell at him, he's going to yell at you back. That's yeah. no problem. I think the line is, is, like, why are you yelling at our staff? Like, right. what? And, that, and then that's my thing with the whole thing. Like, Class and sportsmanship are two different things. Like, class is stupid. Sportsmanship, like, you should have that. Yeah. Like, you should have sportsmanship for the other people that are on the court with you. Coaches, trainers, 
players, right. that whole thing. Corey doesn't think that way. No, because when he was leaving and he was going out of the tunnel, he had to be pushed off by Georgia State's staff. If, if you go back and watch the yeah. replay, it's in the broadcast. He, their staff literally had to carry him mm-hmm. through the tunnel to get him off the court. So it's kind of funny that he's the one making a fool out of himself when a minute 30 prior of game time... He put us back in the game. He he literally did. If Mike had hit that last free throw, it would have been a three-point game. Yes. Corey Allen, that was... I, I tweeted this as well. If you consider the context of the game, that was like the funniest technical call I've ever seen. Minute 30 yeah. left, still a close game, and, <laughs> and you throw the ball out of dude's head... That's that's child's play. Like that's so stupid to do, and that I mean I'm pretty sure he's returning on his COVID year as well. So he's like a senior or super senior. He's a leader. I've heard his name for a gorilla. Yeah, Corey years. Allen has been there for a long time. And he like that'd be like if Justin Forrest yes. in a in a, a two minute situation like that did something stupid, we'd be like Justin, what what are, are you, you doing? What are you like? Why are you getting a technical call? You've been here a million times. What are you doing right now? Letting your emotions get like that. That's what Corey Allen did. Thankfully, it didn't cost him the game. No. So I don't know like, why he was acting like that, as if he wasn't the reason it was still a game. Yes. Like, like minute 30 left, and you're up, what were they at that point, eight? I think so. Yeah, or maybe maybe less, because whatever it would have been, we would have been, it would have been a three-point game had we hit all the free throws, so whatever yeah. that winds up with. So, so the one thing you can't do is foul on a wide-open layup. Mm-hmm. That was made. And then afterwards, commit a technical foul. Yeah. So what should have been a two, like a two point score, which shouldn't have mattered to you, turned into like what, a potential like five point play, six yeah. point play. Like yeah, you can't do that. Like so, the same dude that does that stupid ass play like that just totally lets emotions get the better of him. Yes, you're gonna be the one barking at the student, at the staff, and the fans on your yep. way out. Yep. Like you're the reason that all our fans didn't start leaving with a minute left to get home early. Right? Like yes. if this happened in an NBA game, once that, you know, that point of the game, that's where the the adults are like, hey, if we get home, you know, kids can get in bed at nine, something like that, right? Yeah. We can we can beat the traffic. That's what that's what the situation would have been had he not done that technical foul. Game would have been more, more or less out of reach. He put us right back in the game. And then he's the same dude getting dragged off the court because he's so emotional. That was that got under my skin. That was really annoying. The whole see. thing gets under my skin. That was very frustrating. But something else that is, I think a bigger takeaway is that Georgia State is who we thought they were. They yes. started very terribly, and they have moved up to probably maybe fifth after this. You know, sixth or fifth in the conference. So we've been telling all this whole time, no matter what the record shows, yeah, Georgia, Georgia State, State will come back. Good. Yeah, they're a good. Team. I do not want to play Georgia State in the tournament. I don't know. Part of me now is like grudge match. I just want. I. I no, you're let. You're letting your your head get in the way of your. Wait, no, your heart get, get in the way of, of your, your head. head. That's right. Uh, no, absolutely. I 100 <laughs> percent admit to it. Absolutely. But if like we played in the tournament again and we beat them again in the tournament to go to the NCA, you know, if we play in the championship game, yeah. how great would that be for Corey? To for to get true, true, true. I mean, that would be to, for Justin. I know, I know, but uh, I don't. 
to put like I don't want to put us in a situation no, 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 where we play I agree. Them. I agree. But if we're gonna go to the championship game and there's someone from the opposite side of the bracket that we're gonna have to play, I probably want to play Georgia State. See, when I think of the tournament, I think I want to play Coastal. I want to play Southern. I want to oh, play. Yeah. But see, those are gonna all be lower seeds. Like Southern especially is gonna be a low seed. Yeah. Coastal will probably be somewhere in the middle. And I'd be fine playing Texas State as well Mm because we're going to have to play really good teams, and I feel like we're pretty evenly matched. I think that was still, what, a three-point loss? I don't know what that was against Texas State. Yeah. It was was an away game that was still close. It may have been a two-point loss. Yeah, I think it might have been a two-point. So, I mean, shoot, an away game, two-point loss, that's essentially even, right? I mean, you you have that same game played three times. It's You're splitting that. Exactly. Well, especially like you, you, you lose by three points in a very close game there, then it's like what what is the home game like? If that game right. was if you played that same game but in Boone, what does that score yeah. look like? Who I don't want to play in the tournament, Georgia State. Okay, Troy, uh, absolutely Troy. South Alabama, South Alabama. Yeah, I they're always dangerous. I don't want to play Archie State either. Archie State's record I don't think is indicative. They've they've lost a lot of close games. Yeah, I think they're a really good team that can get really really hot. They're sitting at four right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them going on a little bit of a run to end. South Alabama is probably the one, especially though, that like out of everybody else, I really, really, really don't want to play South Alabama. Yeah. We got very fortunate that our game at South Alabama was the way that it, you know, right. they were missing six, seven guys. Right. We got very fortunate. And something else to think about, free throws bite us again. Yeah. We're literally one of the worst free throw teams in the country. Yes. Out of like 330 teams. And we're, I think we're literally like bottom 10. Free throws lost his game against Texas State. And I mean, the score doesn't, you know, obviously the score is more than free throws, but yeah. I would say free throws lost his game today as well. Because oh. if Mike hit that free throw, it's a three point game, and that totally changes the momentum, the strategy, changes so, everything about how well, we finish that game. Tonight was actually one of our better free throw games as a team. As a team, we were twelve of seventeen on free throws tonight, which is seventy percent, which is higher than our average. Yeah, I think our, that is. I yeah. think our average is like sixty. Yeah, because that's true. JLJ pulls down our average a lot. I, I looked in the stats last week. JLJ yeah. is like a forty-eight percent free yeah. throw shooter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Justin, Delph, and one other person. It's not Mike. It, is it, it might Donnie? Be, it, it's Don or CJ are above seventy percent. Delph's the only one at 80. Yeah. So that's like tonight why Delph obviously was the one that was taking right. attacks. Something else to think about as well, this was an off game for Donnie. Mm-hmm. For one reason or another, night for whether it was Georgia State's scheme or it just wasn't his day, he was not much of a factor, and then we lose. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think mm-hmm. I think Donnie has developed into a role where he kind of dictates how the game goes in a sense. So if he's having a bad day, that removes a huge element of our offense because we've got JLJ under the hoop, but we saw it time and time again in, in this game. He doesn't pump fake. When he's under the hoop yeah. trying to go for a layup, he just goes for it, and yeah. then it gets blocked or he gets fouled, and then if he fouls, he's going to make one of two or just goes uh, out of bounds. Like, and that's where, like, at the end, we finally, you know, he came off, CJ came in, and we went with the full offense lineup. And that's something that we might have to start doing more and more and more as the season gets later and later and later is, is JLJ does not seem to be a, a consistent offensive option. Right. He goes stretches where he plays beautiful, beautiful defense. Yep. But 
he can't score consistently, and he can't hit his free throws consistently. Exactly. It's a tough combo to have as a big man. Our team is clearly set up to, I think it said we're tied first since 2019 in comeback wins, where we're down at the Mm -hmm. half and we come back and win. We're tied first in the country. Again, out of 330-plus teams. Yeah. The, what, so 356 to play our offense is not set up to be dominant. We are not set up to be a team that scores 70, 80, 90 points a yeah. game. We're looking at 55, 70 ish. You know, I think yeah. I think Kearns mentioned before the season, whatever dad they were looking at, every game that we score over 70, we win by like whatever percent. And then if it's under 70, then it, he had it like mapped yeah. out. So I I think it's going to catch up with us a little bit where we have gone to the half down. 12, 13, 15. Often, yeah. often, right? And sure, some most of the time, according to our record, we come back and win. But that's not going to happen when you're playing the best teams. Well, that's also, it's a testament to Kearns' defense, where yep. the defense is set up to tire the other team out, run them off the court, and then by the time they get to the second half, they're so tired and they don't like the constant switching that yep. they go on an eight-minute scoring drought. And it works. It does work. We're what, I 10 mean, and 4? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we could get consistent offense to pair with this mm-hmm. beautiful defense that Kearns has has perfected here. So that's where, like, guys that I know are consistent scorers, like, can develop into consistent scorers that are sitting on the bench. Like, yeah. Chris Mantis, we, we talk about him a lot in high school, was was a, a contender for Mr. Indiana, Mr. Indiana basketball. Dude averaged, like, 27 or 28 points <laughs> in high school. Like that's someone who I'd love to see like the last couple conference games start getting into the 10 minutes a game range. Mm-hmm. See if that can be a guy who can score you eight, eight off the bench and just quick minutes, be efficient. You know, yeah. maybe he's not the best defender right now, but you've got four other guys on the floor that are someone beautiful else that, that may fit in that category is RJ. We've literally not seen him in a long time. I don't, I mean, did he play in, once conference started? I don't think I've seen him in a conference game. If anything, he might, uh, the first Coastal game, he might have played a couple minutes. Okay. He might have gone a couple minutes in the first. So what you're talking about game. with Mantis, where he could be high production offense, but maybe he just have the yeah. defense figured out. Yeah. There's got to be a reason RJ's not playing. It's not that he's hurt, because Xavion's hurt and he's not dressed out, yeah. but RJ's dressed, dressed out. out. And that's where, for RJ, it seems like one of those that CJ Huntley's development has taken RJ's minutes away. I think so. Because they've got a very similar frame, except CJ's a little bit taller. Yeah. And it seems like CJ has developed as a as a decent scoring option mm-hmm. and a l- real lengthy defender. CJ, I, I noticed today more than I have before his um, his vision on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, some would say court vision is <laughs> pretty impressive. There is an example of an inbound where he gets it, and clearly what he's taught. First, you look to your right and you look and see if someone's open. Nope. Then you look to your left. No one open. Fine. He turned and hit a three. Yeah. Boom. And then on the other side, in the second half, he catches a rebound and he starts to pass it. And he sees in the peripheral a Georgia State guy creeping out. So he stops and just switches it over and passes it to a dude that's wide open. Mm-hmm. So it's just small things where if Georgia State had turned that over, I mean, sure, maybe would have just trapped him or fouled him or whatever. But also, that could have turned into just a quick two. You know, alley oop to someone, hit a mm-hmm. dunk. or That just takes a whole possession away from us. So CJ is really, really developing into a, a both sides of the ball type guy. Well, especially, too, th- th- that man's still a sophomore. Yes. We need to get him on the, the Sasha diet. Yeah. He need to be on the Sasha him diet. Him and Sasha need to go meal for meal. 
<laughs> they're going back to Russia. They're eating some ox meat, some whatever Sasha ate back home that's got him this, this and, and whatever yoked. and the workout regimen that yeah. that staff put him on to gain however many pounds he gained in the off season. We need that on CJ. Yeah. On RJ. I mean, and it worked for Sasha. He's played all of like four minutes this whole season. <laughs> all of which were against Tacoa Falls. We're or talking something. about the size. Yes. We did not play we have not played Tacoa Falls in years. Tacoa Falls, Carver <laughs> College, just wrote insert D three school. <laughs> they they start to blend together. <laughs> NAI powerhouse. Um yeah, I think I think Xavion's gonna be in it. If if Xavion comes back from this meniscus injury. If we can get DMX. Oh, oh. We can get DMX back on the court this season. Yeah. That would be huge. Because that then, would be a turning point. Then I feel better about Delph sitting for longer stretches. Mm-hmm. Feel better about Donovan Gregory sitting for stretches. And then you can kind of like three guard rotate between Mike, Justin, and Xavion. Because Xavion's kind of a tweener where he can play both guard positions. We've seen moments where Xavion's played point guard. Yeah. I think what comes to mind is clutch time against, what was it, Georgia State in the tournament last year. Right. Where Justin got hurt. Mm -hmm. And that last little bit, they gave Xavion the ball. Yeah. So that's a guy that if he can come back, especially to come tournament time, I feel a lot better about going through the tournament. Now, I only want Xavion coming back if he is 100%. Yes. If he's 99%, I don't want him on the court. And I, I trust this coaching staff to do it. This isn't a coaching staff that I, I feel like guys have played injured through. No. I don't think that's very often at all. The only person who I've ever known who's like seen on this team who has like gotten injured and then has like come back is Justin. Justin. And they and, and that's a trust thing. Right. Also, Delph. Remember last yeah. year, there were a million games where he saw him shaking his left hand. But mm. he kept playing. That's true. But last last year, too, Delph would go on sh- like bad shooting droughts. Yeah. Probably because of that, yeah. Whatever little lingering injury he had, but the reason I'm I'm super picky about DMX is because he'll probably be a starter next year. I, I know some of you, if y'all just started watching basketball this year, you may not know it. Xavion is a threat. He is yeah. an insane player. That was a guy that was trending real, real up at the end of last season. That you know I kind of expected to make a big jump in year two, and just we haven't we haven't seen him really healthy this season. Yeah. So so if he's 99 percent. Keep him off and get him ready for next season. Don't yeah, risk any. And, uh, not someone you need like next year. I mean, because like him, Delph, Don, CJ, and then insert third or fifth player here is going to be the lineup next year. Yeah, we'll get. I mean, Jocko, or, or is it Jocko? No, Zocko. 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 <laughs> you got Zocko Little John, right? That's yeah, cool Zocko Little John. Uh, He's coming in, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we hit the portal. Try to get a big man. I wouldn't be shocked on a transfer big man. Um, you also got to think year two Mantis, mm-hmm. year two Terrence Harkum, who I could see step up and be a starting point point guard. So, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting time to figure out. Yeah. Also, one of those is I don't know if Xavion has technically played enough games this season to where he could count this as a Ooh. red shirt year. If, if he's not healthy, Xavion could count this as a, could be. a, a medical red shirt. And that may go into consideration as well, even if he is 100%. If, Him if he, and staff may just have to have a conversation about how to play that. Exactly. Like, do you want to come back to play the tournament and that's it, you know? Right. Or you can take a medical red shirt and mm. you have three years of remaining eligibility. That's true. Afterwards. That could then be an to, element. Because that could be, you know, Xavion's a guy that could fill up that scorer spot once Delph finally graduates. Yeah. Xavion could come in and just just pick that, you know, take the rock from Delph. Mm-hmm in that regard 
So next week we've got Troy and South Alabama, two massive games. Yes, this will be I think the hardest week of basketball that we've played this season mm-hmm. in terms of the the games we're playing. Troy's literally our arch nemesis. I, Has been Coach Kearns' kryptonite. Yes, I will. I'll say this every single time Troy's name is brought up. Last year they won four conference games and three of them were against us. Right, the team that won the championship. We lost three times to what ended up being either the worst or the second worst team in the conference. Worst team in the conference. They only won four conference games. Right. Three of them were against us. Now, this year, they're currently second place. Now, well, they may be first, depending on, on how, how that game uh, actually, how game against Little Rock proceeds. Yeah. We may be tied for first, which means Thursday game is, again, a battle for first place. So, uh, right now, uh, sitting at 7-1 Eastern time, <laughs> Troy is down three to Little Rock with 23 seconds left. Oh, God. Little Rock, for those that don't know, is bottom of the conference. Literally last place Literally, right now. yes. The worst team in conference. So, if Troy loses, we hang on to first place. If they win, we may end up tied or in just second place. I think we'd end up in second place. I don't think to- Sunbelt, I don't think the standings would represent the head-to-head. I think it would still be based on but, win percentage. Okay. Because until, we until played, played they played all. one less game than us. Yeah. So even though we have more wins by percentage, I believe that would put them higher. That's it, yeah, with the Sun Belt right now, the rule it's, it's the one kinda, it's the one downside, rule. but I, I you know, it makes sense. Um so yeah, we need all promo on that. Everything we did for that Arkansas State game, we need to like double it because yes. we double it, triple it. We need that we need Holmes packed. That's going to be the most difficult game we've played. Yes. Because by far, Troy staff has some type of dirt, some blackmail on Kearns, where Kearns says, "Okay, okay, okay, we'll just we're gonna lose fine, it. man, fine, calm down, man." And then we got South Alabama. Um, we've got the the uh, what's his what's the coach's name? Oh, Richie Richie Riley, right, right, right? yeah, Richie who's Riley. like uh, Mister Mister Crockett on Fairly Godparents, Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Godparents. Yes. Godparents. He uh, he's the most animated coach in America on a with a great team who. Always plays their best ball in February and March. Um, so these two games are going to be tough, tough, tough. We'll be at both of them. We've got the Airbnb locked down. We're going to try to... Got work requested off. That's right. We're going to try to... Uh, yeah, yeah, Big C. We got work requested off. We'll be there, baby. <laughs> we're not canceling. <laughs> uh, and we're going to try to organize a pickup basketball game on Friday as well. Try to get an SRC. We'll need some sponsors, though. We'll need some student sponsors to get us in and pay the guest fee. So... Uh, if you want to do that, please, let us know. Please. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're running late, but our last episode was short, so we can go a little yeah, longer. Yeah, we can go a little longer. Let's talk about Yosef Club. Yeah, let's talk so about So recently, they uh, they rolled out their big announcement, how they're changing uh, season tickets, donations, yada, yada, yada. Um, and the more people dug into it, the more people are realizing that current season ticket holders are going to lose their seat come a year two years from now. Because they, the price it simply pushes them out. They yes, simply cannot it afford them it out anymore. From what they can, yeah. So there's been a lot of discussion going on about, you know, the, is this a necessary evil? Mm-hmm. Is this just the downside of growing and improving the brand and improving the university, or is this Yosef Club getting greedy and trying to gouge, to you know, price gouge? Some people are on both sides. Some people in the middle. Um, so, so just we'll by the way by the way i'm will strickland app state cone boy i'm parker stone the app state cone enforcer <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad we identified yes. ourselves before and before we get into this because i know you're passionate so i'm gonna let you run with this segment cool, here thank you ladies and gentlemen houseunitedsports.com <laughs> while we're talking about yosef club <laughs> that's right houseunitedsports.com folks if you're looking at these ticket prices and you're saying man i just can't afford this but i want to support our great student athletes i want to support 
Appalachian State University. How do I do it? Parker, how do I do this? You go on the internet and you mm. go to that little search bar and you type in www. You'd actually, fun fact, you don't have to type the www's. You don't, actually. You if could you, just if you type were, in. If you've still been typing that, you don't have to. Try it. Uh, you could just type in houseunitedsports.com. That's right. Head over there. Check out some premium. Boom. App State Apparel. Probably You probably think it's uh, uh, Hermes. Or Hermes. Hermes. I thought it was pronounced Hermes. It is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Go Vinci. <laughs> Instead of some foo-foo fashion stuff. That's right. Some streetwear garbage. You can get some beautiful branded App State apparel, mm. apparel of your favorite football stars. Boom. Sperlin Swag. Hennigan. Well, he's uh, gone. Well, yeah, but, you know. You know. Hennigan's gone. Hen- well, get Hennigan before he goes to the NFL. Demetrius is gone. Remember the glory days. Peoples is here. Yes, you can get some Peoples <laughs> Power merch. They got hoodies. They got hats. They got herringbone jackets, baby. They got it all. They've got a faded hoodie so you can look just like, like the old ball coach himself, Sean, Jonathan Clark, right? You can look just like him with a discount. Tell them about really? the discount. Oh, you're right. Because there's a little uh, discount bar when you go to check out. That's and it right. says, do you have a code? And you say you, yes. You say yes, I do. I've got Gold Room 15. Mm-mm. Use Gold Room 15 Mm-mm. at houseunitedsports.com and use, use Gold, Gold Room 15. 15. Oh. That's right, folks. You put in your debit or credit or crypto wallet. You put in. Wallet. <laughs> they don't do that. Stop telling people to use Ethereum on pay with a monkey NFT for. <laughs> you put in the discount code Gold Room 15. 15% off your whole order, but fret not. That does not change the fact that 20% of proceeds go straight to the Yosef Club. HouseUnitedSports.com, 20% of everything coming in goes out to the Yosef Club. So do that, please. Now, All right, Parker. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here, Will, and, and you can see me, right? I'm right here. What, yep. what am I holding right now? A joint. What? Stop! Oh, what? Oh, this is oh, why we need to do a video podcast. So you oh, can't lie. Oh, oh, oh! That hand. Oh, you're holding a Yosef Club sticker. Yes, I'm holding a <laughs> my Yosef Club membership sticker that I got sent to me. Yeah, in it the says mail. 2014. Why would I have been a Yosef Club? <laughs> <laughs> I was a junior in high school. You found it on eBay <laughs> or an antique store. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna preface everything I say with I'm a very proud. I'm proud to be a member of the Yosef Club. That's right. I think it is one of those like when people talk about you should be a Yosef Club member. You should be a Yosef Club member. You yo should. yo should. Yosef Club. Yoshi. Club. Booyah. So. Wow. But. I think the problem the Yosef Club has is they do a a bad job. That's harsh. Maybe they don't really try to engage alumni that are not in the area of Boone very well, mm-hmm. especially people that have graduated recently. And you say, oh, but they have that young alumni section in the end zone. <laughs> that is way too expensive for anyone that is not in a full-time job paying you over $50,000. It's, it's always empty because it's way too expensive yeah. and... And if you're like a three or four year graduated, you you lose the ability to be in the young alumni section immediately. Or if you're a graduate student, you only can, you only have one year access. Right. So it's not available for long enough. And each year that you're in it, the price increases from the price that they already had that was way too high. Like, That's because you, you better be growing your salary every the year. The young alumni section should not also be premium seating. 
Yes, like that, yeah. that it should just be like normal, like East Side seating. That's a reasonable price for a young alumni to go to. Like I, like currently, I'm a graduate assistant. Like I barely get paid. Mm-hmm. I have to scrounge money together and pool money together and eat ramen for five days to feel comfortable about you know spending money on tickets like we are next weekend. All right. To go. Joe he texts me every day. He says I can't afford. I need to get my. Uh, my insulin i can't afford it I'm and i need that. oh then who's texting me about that i should probably get back to him why do you have my number saved as that <laughs> it says diabetes man <laughs> parentheses parker <laughs> so like he's a broke ass so saying like stuff like that chapel hill game won't be available for season or for for single game ticket purchasers that basically that sucks if that, that's true that if that's true I'm. I cannot go to the Chapel Hill game. Yeah. I physically cannot afford to purchase season tickets, especially when, you know, I'm a GA at a university. Like I might not be able to to go that day. I might have to work on a Saturday. Yeah. Also, pretty sure two of our home games are going to be on weeknights. That's my. I don't have season tickets, and as long as the Sun Belt is more or less guaranteeing two of our six home games going to be on a weeknight, I'm not going to have season tickets. I'm sorry. No. It's not a worthwhile investment. Why would I pay for something that I know I'm only using? what like 65 70 percent of yes why like that's just wasting money especially when the last couple times we've played weeknight games it's been like against coastal it's like against the marquee teams that you would want to play yeah. in this conference and like be there no matter what for yeah that's on a wednesday mm-hmm. like marshall this year was like we we had to request off we had to work to be able to get to marshall yeah that's true Shout like, out Meat Camp. The only reason I got off for that period of time is because of the makeup graduation celebration that we had that, that weekend. Mm-hmm. And I went to work and I said, they're doing a graduation weekend. They said, go. You know, don't miss your graduation. So, yes, like it is absolutely crazy to say that to me, a Yosef Club member, that I can't buy a ticket to the UNC game because I'm not a season ticket holder. I don't know why, if you pay to the, like, the, the minimum donation level to, to have football season tickets... Why are you then not guaranteed single game tickets? Every Yosef Club member that pays into the Yosef Club should be guaranteed the opportunity to purchase a ticket to any sporting event we have. Yep. That is ridiculous to say that at minimum you have to be a season ticket holder. Even if it's full price. Yes. Just guarantee yes. uh, no. so, yeah. guarantee no. you a window yes. to purchase. Yes. Guarantee you a window to purchase or to to commit to saying like these are the games that schedule-wise I know I'll be able to attend. Or, uh, you know, uh, affordability-wise, I would like to spend this much on tickets and I'd like to, it to be at these two games. Why, why shouldn't I be able to do that? I don't care what seats they are. Like, I, I don't need to be locked into sitting in these two or three seats. I don't have the money to be able to do right. that right now. Now talk about that chart that they put out comparing our prices and our contribution limits to the likes of... Cincy, UCF, and Boise State. So, yes, they put out a chart. It's like per seat comparison. Compares us with Boise State, who's still in the Mountain West, right, for now. UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, who are departing the American to go to the Big 12. Yes. And us. And at first you think, oh, but that's who we want to be like. We want to be like the top group of five schools. Sure. There's a very large difference between us and those schools. And what is that? They're all sitting in major metropolitan areas. Like the smallest city in that group is, is Boise, Idaho, and they still have 230,000 people that right. live there. And Boone has a population of 19,000. The majority of us as alumni 
are not living there. We, we have an airport. No, we have no airport. <laughs> like, <laughs> so for us, like it it takes us a, a little bit longer to get to Boone. And, you know, if we want to go to game, like we're going to have to find a hotel or Airbnb. Like we're going to have to do extra steps and we're happy to do that. But once you start raising the, the, the ticket prices more, eventually you price people out to where, you know, people say, I can't afford to do this anymore. Right. Like it is irresponsible for me to do this. And think about these other large schools. Uh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll shoot. I'll call them large schools. I mean, they what? are large schools. UCF has how many people? I mean, tens of thousands. They're like the, they're either the largest or like two or three as far as like enrolled yeah. students. Yeah. Cincy, I'm sure is up there they're in, yeah, in a they're city in a, as large as that. Yeah. So just think, let's both think of alumni and just general population. Right. So what, you know, the chances that someone goes to Cincy, graduates and stays in Cincy is significantly higher than someone goes to app graduates from app and stays in Boone. So by default, your pool of alumni that could be making contributions, buying tickets, donating is significantly smaller, right? Let's not even consider alumni. Let's just talk about the population. Okay. It's the same thing with having a pro sports team. You got someone that moves from wherever to Charlotte. Oh, Panthers. I'm a Panthers fan now. Sure, yeah. I'll buy season tickets, even though those are expensive. But, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I'll go to games. It's local. Whatever. You know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, Cincy fans, UCF, you know, they're in the area. Shoot, I love football. Yeah. Exactly. I'll, start, I, I'll I, go to UCF games. I'll go to Houston games. It is what it is. I went to a school that didn't have football. Like, let me root for this group now. Yeah. Like, I went to a D3 school. Right. Let me so, root for these people now. So, your sample pool of non-alumni that are still local enough to attend games Yes. is like tenfold higher yes. than what app would have than, in than Boone. Western North Carolina. Because at this point, if you live in Boone and don't go to app games, you're never going to app games. Yeah. No like one's you, like no one who has lived in Boone for fifteen plus years that is has not, never <laughs> right. It's not like there's one day you're like, you know what? After fifteen long years I'm buying season tickets. <laughs> this is the time to jump in. Like no, they're already doing oh, it. I will. I'll do that now because they said exactly. that I won't go to the UNC game. If but when I you've don't. got major metropolitan areas, Houston, you've got people that graduate school and move to this city for a job every single day. You've yeah. got 10, 20, 30 millennials moving there, Gen Xers that to get to take a job out of school, and boom, they may have gone to App. And now they live in Orlando, in the UCF area. They're going to UCF games now. Yeah. If they just love college football, like it's a right. good Saturday activity. So like, that's another reason why comparing us to these programs, I understand why it was done. Because yes. to the casual fan, you yes. think, oh, UCF is one of the best. We want to be Since like he that. just won the playoffs. Boise's always one of the best. We want to be like them. But when you put it on paper, you look at the numbers, you mm -hmm. look at the population, mm -hmm. the region, the variables – it's it's apples and oranges. It's not a fair comparison. Well, and it just goes back to like the idea of like we can't be more innovative. Like we are clearly a very 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 different school from all of them. Why can we not? Why why are we trying to match exactly what they're doing? Why aren't we trying to do something that is a different idea, a new idea that attempts to engage more people to generate revenue in a little bit different way? Mm -hmm. It is. I I think it's a terrible strategy to just go. Oh, this is how much they're charging. Okay, we'll do that now too. Now I will listen. I don't think either of us are saying, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 
None of us is saying that Yosef Klepp has an easy job. No, it's a it's a very hard job. I, I think out, we've highlighted that same, yes. the same the the same issues we're talking about where you don't have a large alumni base that's living in your college town. Yeah. You have to try to find ways to engage alumni that are far away. Try to get people to donate right. that way. It's trying not easy. to raise revenue when you've got a smaller base than most. You you're in a in a relative to these other universities, a rural area. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a mile from an airport. It's hard to get to. Teams hate coming here because <laughs> they yeah. got to take the bus, right? Yeah. So in order to, to find ways to raise revenue without pushing out fans, without pissing people off, mm-hmm. it's hard. And it's very hard. We're, we're not saying it's easy. And I'm not even saying that I have a solution. I'm just saying that it's people say this all the time about football players. Well, you can't play football, so you can't criticize them. Well, if I'm in class and the teacher sucks, yeah, I can criticize yeah, the teacher. Say, like, yeah. damn, teacher, like, I'm failing these tests. <laughs> you don't need to be a chef to eat dinner and be like, exactly. this food's not good. Right, right. You don't have to eat raw chicken and be like, mmm, <laughs> something, uh-uh. Oh, well, you're about- not a chef, so you don't understand. Exactly. The chef is like, uh-uh, it's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> so we're not saying it's an not easy job. No. We're not saying we could do it any better. No, and like, we're just saying... This perhaps is not the solution. No, I think especially to engage people like us that are not season ticket holders right now for very clear, very different, clear reasons, though. I mean, saying we only really have four games that we can actually go to is one. And then, you know, being a 24 year old graduate assistant, like having disposable income to like spend 500 plus dollars a year on football tickets like. Those are concerns that are we're not alone in as young alumni. There's a bunch of young alumni that are sitting in the same boat as us that are, yeah. you know, 22 to 28 that that's it's not exactly an option. And, you know, I would say there's not really a solution or a really engagement for people like us to try to fix it right now. Right. So by the time you get to 29, 30, and you start to have that disposable income, you know, by that point, I feel like a lot of people start to spend their money elsewhere. In the pro- yeah, uh, kids, hello. <laughs> Once you yeah. get to, to 29, 30, if you have this disposable income, you're disposing it into your children's your, your diapers. Yeah. yeah, into food. <laughs> exactly. So you may end up having a more, uh, you have a home and cars and a salary and yada, yada, yada. But you got humans to, to yeah. take and care goes, of. And then your time goes away too. Right. You, gotta, you have to take care of your children. I think this all kind of culminates in, here's how I would describe my reaction to the the pricing increases and, and the change and contributions or whatever. It seems like the Yosef Club in App State thinks their base is someone other than it is. Yes. That we are a we are the Wake Forest base. We are the Duke base. We are the Chapel Hill base. That we're either a private institution and everyone there goes wears turtlenecks and and, and Argyle sweaters and everything. Or we're a public university who still wears Argyle sweaters and turtlenecks. Yeah. But has a lot of money, right? That's not app. That's not. App, I, I wonder what the stats are on paper. What's the median income of an App State alumni versus to Wake. a Duke or a Wake, right? Because I, I, think, the, I think saying Wake's a big thing because that right. it, it does feel like that's kind of exactly. who they're trying to target. Now, I also understand. I know there, there's other variables here. Someone that's going into Wake and into Duke has a higher chance of already being Athlete. medium to high, high income. Right, because they're private institutions. So I understand there's already that right off the bat, but I think it's still a fair comparison because that's that how it that's how it feels. Yosef Club views the base yeah. that they are this that has well, this money. And wasn't and, there a parking lot that 
from this year to the next, it's increasing like ten thousand. Yeah, like the ch- I'll pull it up. It's like the champion. Like the lot. increase is not gradual, gradual or, or marginal. Yes, it's- the, the champions lot in twenty twenty two will cost you fifteen thousand dollars to park there. In twenty twenty three, it will cost you twenty five thousand dollars. It's a that ten thousand dollar increase. Is insane. Yeah, that is unacceptable. Now, if there are people that can pay it, fantastic. But but has the lot gotten ten thousand dollars better in that year? Like <laughs> right. I, w- what is happening to that lot? Like right. are they putting taps in the ground? We're <laughs> like, <laughs> getting like underwater underground beer That's stores. Right. Like, yeah. No, they have it like in Japan where they have those like underground parking decks where you just park your car and it puts into this like vending machine. You come back, put in your code, and boom, your car comes well, up like a Carvana. Too, that that champions lot is legitimately. Uh, it is. Maybe 200 feet, maybe 150. It's, the, it's connected to the same parking lot as the it's the top of the rock lot. Mm. So, is that the tennis courts? Yes, it's the tennis courts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so the champions lot uh, in, in 2023 will be $25,000. The top of the rock lot will be $5,000. <laughs> Why would you park in the champions lot? <laughs> to be a champion, bro. For $20,000 <laughs> more? And I've also seen people, I, I think it was... Uh, I think it was tapped in sports. I think they said literally in two years, they will not be able to afford their season tickets. No. And that sucks. It, especially for people like, I feel really, really bad for people that have been season ticket holders for 10 plus years. Right. That have had their seats for, you know, generations now. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting to a point where, yeah, I can't afford this anymore. I can't afford to stay where I am. And TK High Country, I mean, rely on him to always have a good, good thread on something. He broke it down with all the resources. I mean, he's a journalist, so he knows how to re- go through all the boring details and like pull out the highlights. Yes. He he kind of highlighted that um, last year when they when Yosef Club did their annual announcement of prices or whatever, whatever, they had a payment plan available. So starting from January to May, you could make this total contribution, but you could break it up into this plan. This year, they made their announcement in February which cut that payment plan by a month. So that increased the, not only is the total going up, and uh, I don't know if the totals go up for 2022 and for everything or next year. Either way, someone who had, what, five months last year now has four months. So that's just another example of, even if on paper, you know, if you look at me and you say $10,000, could you afford this over a year? You know, depending on what it is, I may be able to make it happen. I may yeah, be able to pull some absolutely. strings. But then you say, can you afford this in six months? Seven months? Eight months? I don't eh, I don't know. Four? Right. So even reducing that one month, it could be a difference maker mm-hmm. for someone who maybe they could have done the payment plan last year, but they can't do it this year no. because they can't pull up that cash well, in that amount and of time. I think that's the thing, too, that I think as fans, as, as people, as everybody, we, we can't – the attitude where you shame people into – you can save, like you can do this, you can do that. Like we all do it. Yeah. Why can't you? you? That has to stop. Like people have different situations, people have different priorities, and they're allowed to. I think one thing I see often is, um, well, if you just don't get Starbucks, you know, five times a week, then it's okay. No, you know, maybe I'm in the minority. I think we should be in a society where someone can get Starbucks. They can't get a cup of coffee five days a week and live comfortably <laughs> and it, and live how they want to live. Also, that should, like, it's all, your coffee should not be the deal breaker. Also, why are you assuming I go get coffee every day? Because I don't. 
Right. Like, I mean, maybe that's just like, you know, you're a millennial. Like you're young and yeah, you like coffee yeah. or something. But I think people just assume, well, if you want it that bad, if you really love app, just save for it. Like, I'd rather save for other things. If I'm being honest. Oh, I essentially have no income. Right. Like, and screw me for not getting season tickets, but paying for tickets to games and buying merchandise through the bookstore and donating to individual teams yes. and and supporting just supporting the team in general, whether even in mon- non-monetary ways. Yes. Even if I'm not buying season tickets, even if I don't have a Yosa Club sticker, even if I don't have membership or whatever, I'm still contributing to a school that I already contributed X amount of tens of thousand dollars to, to attend. And I think that's the other thing. And I will, I'm not going to be pressured into doing for, more if I don't want to. It, for, for a young alumni, like we still have our student loans. I'm still paying them. Exactly. Like, I mean, maybe I'm paying the government, but, but still like, <laughs> like in, in our brains and in, in actuality, we are still paying for the time we have spent at app state. Yeah. Still. So like it is a large ask to for us to spend more yeah then we already are still paying and again why would i spend more why would i buy six things when i can only use four things <laughs> yes <laughs> these other two things are money i could have put towards something else you know but why don't you just take off work and hire a babysitter and true true just like stop. i know you got pto just exactly <laughs> like don't assume people have pto I don't have PTO. Like I, yeah. I don't have a set amount of days I get to take off in a year. Yeah. And I, maybe I do, but maybe I don't want to use it on a Wednesday night football game exactly. and go to work the next day. <laughs> like It's just, you know, it, everybody has different lives, different situations, and people are allowed to not like, you know, the yeah. direction things are going. And yeah. that's very fair. It's okay if you prefer watching app football games at home, even if you live in North Carolina. Yeah. Even if you live in Boone, it's yes. okay if you prefer watching it at home. Yes. And, you know, it, it's That's just who you are. It, That's fine. It sucks. Like, we love going to app games and being there in person. Yeah. But the way things look, you know, if the UNC game truly has no single game tickets, if that's not just a scare tactic to try to get people to buy nah. season tickets, if that's legit, like, yeah, we're probably going to three games next year. Yeah. I mean, shoot, catch me at a local bar watching the game on TV or exactly. something. Exactly. You know? We're going to Angry Ales. <laughs> yeah. I mean,. Yeah, or maybe should we even go up to Boone and, and set up a campfire on, on Portofino's tomb? Yes, I mean, <laughs> that, that that is kind of like our options. I mean, that's just, it. it's the unfortunate side of things, It's it, but it is where the situation is. Yep. And, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know how much more I have to say about it. I, yeah. I don't want to, like, this is not an indictment on the Yosef Club or not saying, like, the people no. that work there are bad people or make bad decisions, no. but... You know, I think it is very fair for both of us to say that that decision, like we already weren't season ticket holders. We were people that probably would have thought about it. Right. We are now priced out of joining. Yeah. It is not. I'm, yeah. I'm not particularly interested. At yeah. This it point. is not. It, you're not going to get the return on your investment if you spend that money. And I physically cannot afford to do that. Yeah. So even if I am not making whatever set amount of money, I am confident and I, I can sleep easy at night because I support with game tickets, with merchandise, I support individual players by You um, have a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It is okay to put in now hey, clip this. It's okay to put in zero cents of a athletic organization and enjoy that athletic organization. Yes. And, it's okay and, and, to never buy a Panthers ticket and be a fan of the Panthers. And it's okay to not give money to an athletic organization and still complain or have criticism or yeah. feel a certain way. 
you do not. No. And I repeat, you will clip this. <laughs> clip, clip, clip the clip. How about that? You do not have to be a donor to have legitimate complaints about an athletic department. It's true. Or about a team or about whatever. Donors aren't the only people that have the right to complain about things. Mm-hmm. If anything, donors have no right to complain because you paid for it. That's true. You're the one who paid for the bad things. Yeah. Congratulations. If you don't like it, stop paying. Exactly. Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that rounds it out. I really, really think they should reconsider um, not having s- single game tickets to UNC. Like, I just don't know where that comes from. Like, I think is there allotment? That just seems like a marketing thing that they're just saying, well, if you want the game, you got to buy season tickets. And that's what's so frustrating to me is like, wow, you've resulted to using fear tactics to promote your season ticket strategy that is, you know, like FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, Like, oh, I won't be there. It's going to be the biggest game. I won't be there. So, I, yeah. I mean, the, the North End Zone Young Alumni Center is already empty. So, yeah, that is crazy to me. That thing was empty all season. Yes, it was an eyesore because it was too expensive. So now we're making it more expensive. And unrelated, but the, the band is staying where they are, and that's a bad spot. That is a bad spot. It's taking student seats away. Nobody can hear them. Yeah. I don't know where you could put them besides putting them on Miller Hill. That makes sense. And here's something else you can clip. Having more room for the student section is more important than the marching band being there. Yes, absolutely. Ten Listen, times this up. is not. I, it's not that I dislike the band kids and I dislike the marching band or whatever. I personally don't think marching bands are an essential part of a game day experience. No. If that's taken away from students being there to make noise and, and enjoy the moment yes. and enjoy their, their well, time as a student, then we should let them in. And, and like as a competitive advantage too. Like yeah. If you replace that with 500 more students mm-hmm. standing there screaming that's going to have more of an impact on the game than the band yeah i mean and the band doing their michael jackson tribute again <laughs> the king of pop <laughs> or not afraid by eminem <laughs> we mourn those we have lost during this pandemic and now not afraid by eminem <laughs> In closing, let's say this again. <laughs> Yosef Club. <laughs> yo, uh, yo, the band's playing. I can't talk, man. I can't. Yo. <laughs> Yosef Club has a hard job. We respect the Absolutely. staff. We respect everyone that's making these decisions because it's not an easy decision to make. No. I don't believe the decision that was made was the best decision. Nope. But I'm not the one that is qualified for it. I'm not the one getting paid to make these decision decisions. I trust that those making them know more about it than I do. And there's information available to them that is not available to me. Absolutely. I feel like that's a pretty safe we disclaimer. Are, we are only giving our personal thoughts and opinions and takes. Nothing that we say is reflective on App State Athletics. That's right. Nor should what we say influence your actions or decisions. Right. And also is not representative of HouseUnitedSports.com, where you can use GoldRoom15, promo code GoldRoom15, promo code GoldRoom15. 15 to get 15% off your purchase at houseunitedsports.com. 20% of proceeds go straight to the Yosef Club. Yeah. Use Gold Room 15. Uh-huh. Use Gold Room 15. Uh-huh. Houseunitedsports.com and use Gold Room 15. Oh. <laughs>